This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 130, Documenting 101. With Becky Higgins. <laughs> everybody, I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Thank you. And, Hello. Oh, you're welcome for welcoming you. You also could sometimes, maybe, <laughs> we always try to like change that because it's, you know, we say the same Repetitive. thing every time. It never, it never feels works, good. So no. I wanted to put, I wanted to give you a suggestion. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Hey guys, welcome. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend, my co-host, my hero, oh, Becky my hero. Proudfit. I'm so sorry. I just didn't even... I didn't. just, you know, I just thought I would <laughs> offer that as a suggestion. She's my hero and the wind beneath I'm my I'm just teasing. I'd be nothing without Becky Proudfit. That is absolutely... <laughs> Now I'm taking it too far. Untrue. <laughs> we are really thrilled to be back with you. Always having a good time and super stoked to be talking about documenting yes. today. I was telling I get Becky. Really excited. I'm like, I'm so excited because we tried to do, you know, very dedicated and intentional documenting episodes, but it's been a minute. And it's been a minute. And yeah. I love that we're gonna be rebrushing, rebrushing, brushing up on all those skills of too. documenting mm-hmm. and the power that the spoken and written word has. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. excited. Yes, and hello. Yes. You guys are getting access to the BH, the documenting guru, the OG. Well, what I wish I could do is sit on the couch with our listener and just that just would be a very big couch, though. Eyes. I mean, that would be like fifty-three <laughs> countries and no, I mean tens one, of thousands of people, one by one. That's yeah. what I really want to do. I really want to sit on the couch with you, my friend, my listener, and one at a time, just you and me, and talk through some of these things so that it feels even more personal for you. Yeah, but this is the next best thing. It Thank really for is technology. Again, tech gets a bad rap, but let's just change our thoughts. This is a miracle. And, yes, and a lot is. of the questions we're going to be addressing today come All from you. the questions. Come from the community. Mm-hmm. Come from the people of what the people want to know, yep. what we are all collectively struggling with as documenters and as human beings mm-hmm. in this regard. Mm-hmm. So I hope that you're feeling like you are on a couch with us. Yeah. And that we're wrapping our arms around you. Yes. Or if we're not sitting together on the couch, we're mm-hmm. hiking together, we're Ooh. doing laundry together, we're running errands together, wherever mm-hmm. you are. I like it. As you're listening, that's what we're doing today. We're so excited. But first, we're going to hear a quirk word, quick, wow, quirk word. <laughs> quirky word. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. A quirky and quick word from this week's sponsor. I can't tell you how many people have told us that they've become actual notebook snobs since using <laughs> our simple notebooks and that they refuse to use any other notebook. Flattering as that is, you may wonder how on earth something so simple can feel so extraordinary to so many. Well, the size is perfect. The paper's perfect. Mm-hmm. Your pens don't bleed through. The quality is impeccable. And the spiral binding is just the right size for your favorite pen. Not only that, but each notebook design has a very special story behind it. And around here, we are all about stories. Of course, we know that the very best part of the notebooks is how our customers are putting them to good use. From keeping track of lists and goals to full-blown places of journaling, one of our favorite things is seeing that most customers pick up extra notebooks for gifting because these These are so fantastic and easy to have on hand. Seriously, who doesn't love a new notebook, right? We both literally have gifted dozens and dozens of notebooks over time. You can find these beauties at BeckyHiggins.com. You'll see the notebooks right there on the homepage. Remember, you always get free shipping in the continental U.S. after you spend $35 in the shop. 
All right, here's how we're going to do this. So I asked you guys for your questions. I said, bring it. Basically, that's what I said. Bring it. Tell me when it comes to documenting, um, if you are just kind of at the bare bones, the basics, the just getting started, or you're returning back after a long, long time, what are some of those questions? So the emphasis here today, as we talk about documenting, really is more of that like, where do I even start? I'm so yeah. overwhelmed. And so um, what is it about us that we just well, really like to hold ourselves back with overwhelm, right? Well, it's natural. It is natural. And I think... Maybe it's a protection of fear of failure. Maybe what we're really okay. afraid of is we're going to start something and it's not going to oh. work and then we're going to fail. Okay. I do think that there is an element of that. I also think that for me personally, when it comes to documenting, sometimes I get that feeling of paralysis or overwhelm. Analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis is yes, a real actually, thing. Yes. It is a real thing because I start getting in my head about mm. how special the thing is that I want to document. Oh, I see. Yeah. And because it's such a big thing in my heart, I feel like it's just it's too good. It's too it has to important. be perfect, right? Like you have yeah. yeah. Well and I've gotten over perfectionism myself, but it is kind of that feeling I haven't. Of, I can tell you right now I have it. Well, I totally get held up with it, particularly in the sphere of documenting though. Okay. We've talked about, you know, documenting my cancer journey, which is all documented in my head, but then right. putting it on paper and like calling it a finished product. Yeah. There probably is some level of perfectionism that's holding me back from doing that. Sure. Or perfectionism in connection with the feeling of this is such an important part of my story. The cancer journey is such a huge piece of me that it has to be so good. It has to be done properly and not just like perfect, but has to be done justice. Impactful. I want it to be impactful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yes, we all get inside our own heads. And I do want to mention that in the show notes, we're going to put a list of like, I don't know how many, 10, 12 episodes yeah. that are just specifically on documenting just for your reference. Mm-hmm. And I have people once in a while say, where are your show notes? And I think I need to clarify if you're mm-hmm. listening, I think 97% of you are listening through yeah. the podcast app, the little purple icon on your iOS, your Apple device. And, um, so when you're listening to the episode, you tap on the episode and it says details or more or something like that. It says read more. Yeah. You just click and continue to scroll down. Yeah. Scroll, scroll, scroll. And you'll just see the show notes are with each episode right there in the app. You don't have to go to a blog for them. You don't have to go anywhere outside the app that you're listening to the episode in. So check that out because I want to remind you of some of those documenting specific episodes we have covered in the past for your reference, because if you are feeling like you're on a roll and you want more and you just can't get enough of this topic of documenting and you want to hear more conversation around it, we got your back. Yeah, you do. We've done it. It's yeah, there. You do. Okay. So with these questions, I'm going to have Becky, you are going to just I'm the boss of this episode. Questions. I get to ask all the questions. <laughs> ask all the questions. I told her, I think a lot of these can be done rapid fire. Yes. Um, I think I can answer many of them pretty quickly and succinctly, and we'll just kind of move through them. And if we need to elaborate, we will. And I haven't taken a single note, so buckle up. Cause I'm <laughs> guessing you're 25 years in this industry probably is going to come in handy for this episode. Probably. Okay. So I think... I think we're going to start with the first question because okay. it might be like the umbrella question of all questions, okay, which sure. is this um, listener says, I overthink it all. How do I get past that? 
So overthinking is common. And in life, if you wouldn't mind expounding. <laughs> I can explain all of yes. life, but let, we'll keep it specific to documenting. My best advice is to put the blinders on. And in my brand new Documenting 101 class, you will learn all about kind of the thoughts to get you to this point. But once you've made a decision about the one thing that you really do want to focus on right now, which isn't me telling you what to do, but through the series of... Um, conversation and questions I ask and things that happen in Documenting 101 in the classroom, you're going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I think this is the one thing that feels right for me right now. So once you make that decision, you put on the blinders. And of course, what that means is you just recognize and honor that there are so many other ideas that you want to pursue and you're not supposed to be doing all of them right now. You're supposed to focus on just the one thing. Everything else can wait a minute. You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it really will be fine. Back yourself off the ledge. Because what happens is once you see success by focusing on the one thing and you do the one thing, that propels you into greater success because now you know what it feels like. Now you, you know. confidence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The feeling of completing the page, completing the book finishing the album or doing whatever is the cross crossing the finish line for you. Mm -hmm. When you achieve that and you feel the feeling you're like, Oh, Oh, I totally have got this. Mm -hmm. I can totally do this. Yeah. Yep. Put on the blinders. Yay. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. What is a good way to start family history documenting? Okay. Massive, massive mm -hmm. topic, right? So I know that that is supposed to be its own online course coming later down the road, like not in this moment because of that. And because I don't want people, including myself or you Beck, or anyone listening to feel like, oh, well then I'll just do nothing until then. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that one way that you can begin is anytime you come across a picture and you know, the story behind it, you literally can just make the page. Right. And when I say make the page, I mean, open the project life app pop the picture on the page, write the story about it. And just, it lives there in the app. You don't yeah. even have to print it in that moment. Um, or if you do want to decide that all of your family history memories, eventually are going to end up in, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever size you choose, say it's a 12 by 12 album, go ahead and get the 12 by 12 album, the 12 by 12 page protectors. And so anytime you do come across a family history story and you don't need to worry about the overarching organization of all the family history right. that you want to do, but you know, you've got the one picture, the one story, you've got the one page, just print the page, put it in the mm -hmm. album, worry about the organization of it later. Can I, can I also Please. offer another I hope product that you will. I love, um, as you know, I'm a family history junkie. Love it Most so much. Most of our listeners may not know that about me, I, but yeah, I know If you that. don't know that, I am a family history junkie. Yeah. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. um, one of the magic things that we, you can only get from us is those envelope pages. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, I think the very first steps of family history documenting is simply asking questions of the elderly in your family, right? That's like right. asking their stories or asking grandma, oh, grandma, do you have a picture when you were my age? And sometimes we just need to talk to kind of open that dialogue. But oftentimes the earliest phases were me with a pen kind of just jotting notes down as my grandma told me something or I learned something. And maybe I don't have time to like digitize it all and I haven't digitized my images because that's a project. Those envelope pages, mm -hmm. putting those handwritten notes, those pictures, any kind of information and being able to stick that in, in, in an envelope page so it's safe within that whatever album you're choosing it's there. It's, mm -hmm. it's all, it's like you're a little hunter gatherer, right? And yep. so you've gathered the information and I love those pages because it will be secure. It won't fall out. It won't slip away. Like your memories and your starting point will be totally protected. And they're archivally safe as well. And mm -hmm. the envelope pages that Becky's talking about are found at shop 
thebhshop.com. Pretty much any supplies that come up in this conversation are found in the BH shop. That's your one-stop shop for all the basics that you would need for documenting in a physical format. Awesome. You ready for the next question? Please. Okay. What is the simplest way to start if I have zero experience? Okay. This right here is, and it's the question I get so often, is exactly why I created a mini course called Documenting 101. So am I going to answer it thoroughly in this moment? No, of course not. We don't have (laughs) hours. We have, you know. No. And, And the thing is, is I was able to take this like culminating experience of 25, 26 years in this space of helping people with documenting and package it all up in a pretty little bow and put it in the classroom. It is a mini course. It will take you less than an hour to get through and it's only 20 bucks. So my answer is do that. Like that's literally the best thing that you can do is go through all of the things that I want to share with you. Mm. Now, the quick answer that I can give you right now in this episode is if you really have no idea where to start and you've not done any documenting at all, I highly recommend that if you don't already have the Project Life app that you literally get the app on your phone, it is free and you tap. That's all you need to do. It doesn't require um, any sort of tutorial. You don't need to see anyone else doing it. And yet I do have several saved highlights on my Instagram, Becky Higgins, LLC, that show you and literally walk you through step-by-step how to do different things in the app. But just just the motion, putting into action that tapity tap tap right there in the app where you add the picture. Tapity tap tap right yes. in the app. <laughs> Thanks for the jingle. You're welcome. Oh, where were you when I launched the app? I could have used that. Hello. Um, but it's never too late. If you have no experience at all, just you start with that because then again, you will feel immediately what it feels like to actually accomplish the things that you want to in your documenting. Okay. The next question I'm going to quickly ask, cause I think it's a great follow-up to what you just answered is, do I have time to do weekly family yearbook stuff in the project life app style? So yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And I will tell you that I spend personally five to 10 minutes maximum every week doing a family yearbook. If you do not know what I'm talking about and you are interested in learning more about how to create a family yearbook, it is in my saved highlight on Instagram, it is called Yearbook. It's basically a little mini course on the Instagram. It really is quite comprehensive, actually. And yeah, and if you know, some of you may have that yearbook course that we retired mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. But that little highlight bubble is such a just a great quick fire mm-hmm. um, um, thing, and you can always go back and visit that highlight bubble again. That's and again. right. Family it's yearbooks are pretty incredible. Well, and part of why it's so incredible and based on the question she's asking is, do you even have time to do this? I am telling you who doesn't have five or 10 minutes a week. And I know at first you might feel overwhelmed. Well, yeah, I know it seems so simple because you've already got this as part of your workflow. Yes, that's my point. Mm -hmm. I have it as part of my workflow and that's why I teach people how to make it part of their workflow so that they're not making this a big project in their Mm -hmm. life and they literally can do this in five to 10 minutes a week. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to listen to BH. Hashtag listen to BH. Okay. (laughs) All right. Next question. I am drowning in the volume of stuff and product I have collected. Where do I start? Well, if you are drowning in the volume of all the stuff, I actually think that we address this. You just need to put the stuff in the envelope pages. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I I like scrapbooking, documenting, recording my memories, preserving my pictures with the app. That's great. But what about all the stuff? That's literally the simplest thing you can do. Put the things in the envelope pages and keep those in an album. So you can have an album or a series of albums that don't even have pages at all that are just filled with envelope pages. It's a little bit genius 
genius, if I may say so myself. I like them a great deal. I mean, it's just it's just easy. Those envelope pages are literally, I feel like, the unsung hero of our product line because it is so incredible. And can I also offer this this sweet person a suggestion? Yeah. If you're drowning in the stuff surrounding documenting, you may be purchasing the stuff as a way to feel like you're moving forward. Oh, you're talking about product, not memorabilia. Yes. Yeah. That's that's very different. We're talking about yes. two well, different she types said of stuff. stuff and she said product. Oh, okay. So I think so... sometimes, I mean, I'm just going to turn the light back on myself. Okay. Sometimes if I'm really feeling like I want to become a marathon runner, the easiest thing to do is to buy a marathon looking outfit and buy the shoes and buy the course <laughs> and buy the this and buy the that. Uh-huh. So sometimes we buy stuff to kind of like make ourselves feel better about what we perceive as lack of action. So again, I'm going to go with hashtag listen to B8. (laughs) Okay. So let me round out that question then. So now we're putting that spin on it. If you are drowning in the stuff of like in terms of the product, so that's different than your own personal memorabilia, Mm -hmm. which by the way, PS, by the way, you don't have to save all the memorabilia, but I'm not going to go there because that's like a whole emotional attachment thing that we don't Mm -hmm. have time to go through. If you are drowning in product, supplies, mm-hmm. things that you've had maybe even for the last 20, 30 years, it is okay to brace yourself. Two I'm words. bracing. Let go. What? I know. Yeah, but you can. You can. Right? There are schools, shelters, organizations, groups that you can yes. donate Preschools, to. Preschools. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. All day long, people that would be so grateful to have the product that you are not using. And if you think you need to have the product, you can do what I did many years ago. You can let 80% of it go mm-hmm. and hang on to the things that you're like, oh, I'll probably need that for some crafting project with my kids yeah. or maybe if I'm feeling creative one day, but I have literally never missed a single thing I have ever donated. And I've donated a lot because this is what I've been doing. Oh, I know. Some of it sits in my daughter's craft bin Great, and they love it and it Perfect. brings them so much joy. So let's go back to like, why did you buy the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that you could document. Right. So if you're documenting, you can let go of it. Right. If it's not aiding and assisting, let it aid and assist someone else. Look at it as now I'm blessing someone else's life so that they can create. And you know what? Quite frankly, I'm really grateful for all of the product and supplies that helped me to document for years when I did it more creatively. I honor that. I appreciate it. I never regret it. And now I've moved on. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's okay that it was a part of your story. If you have been using those types of supplies for a right. long time and now let's move onward and upward. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. Do you set aside a specific time each day to document or do you document things as they happen? Yes. And yes. I love I this I knew question. you were going to say that. Well, do you? I did. did. You know that? Okay. So, totally. so I can sum it up by saying I have a specific time that I document on a regular basis and it's every Sunday I do my weekly page for my family yearbook as described in the saved highlight called yearbook. So it's all explained there, but I take the five or 10 minutes. It's always on a Sunday. Why? Because I do my weeks in the book Monday through Sunday. So my weekends stay together. And so that's literally at the end of the week. And that's my time to just cuddle up with my phone and choose the six pictures that I'm going to use that week and add my journaling, my little captions for each picture. And I'm done. Like that is an assigned time. It's a ritual. It's a tradition. It's a good one. And I love it. It's a part of my life. It's a part of how I exist. Now, do I document things as they happen? 
all the time. This is where inspiration comes in. When I feel inspired, I take action. I try to make that a theme of my entire life. But when it comes to documenting, when I feel really inspired about something, and I'll give you an example in just a moment, okay. I am either going to act on it right in that moment because I feel it and my soul's burning. <laughs> I'm just yes. like, yes, I'm doing this right now. I'm going to just mm-hmm. make this quick page because I can, because it's in the app. Or I will write it down right then in that moment. I'll put a note to make sure that I do do it in the next day or two if I can't do it in that moment. Case in point, I was taking Claire to basketball practice the other day. This is probably like three days ago. Okay. I pull up and she saw her friend. She's like, oh, there's my friend, you know, as we were pulling up. So naturally I rolled down the window so she can, you know, just yell out the window or whatever, roll down my windows. And immediately there are sounds of the marching band from on the school property, oh. just permeate my soul. Okay. Now that may not mean anything to any of you, but for me, that is the most nostalgic audio experience for me, because here I am as a currently 44 year old who back in the day as a teenager, I was involved throughout my entire high school in the marching band. Wait, why are you making that face? I, yes, you knew this. I don't feel like I this. know that. What? What did you play? I was on the sideline. I was bells and xylophone. Wait, you don't know this about me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, by the time this airs, certainly you will see the picture that I will have posted about this. I because have, I had no idea. Yes, bells and xylophone, yo. Of course. Okay. Oh, so, girl. So there I was. I'm feeling all the feels with the sound of the marching band because it brings back so many memories mm-hmm. of not just band, of high school, right? Of the experience. I can. So as soon as I hear the sounds, I can practically smell the smells. I can hear the people. Mm-hmm. I can feel the vibe of the football games, right? So yeah. I have chills just thinking about it. So my point is when I feel inspiration like that, I have to act on it. And that action for me is that I couldn't make a page in the moment, right? I'm, hello, I'm in the car. Driving a car, not the optimal, <laughs> optimal time to but do that. But what I do, as soon as I get home, I wrote a jo- I jotted a note on my to-dos and said, um, band page. And I know what that means for me, right? And so probably today, this afternoon, I'm going to find that picture because I, I totally can see the picture. I know exactly where it is of me and the band. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to write a little paragraph. It's in the editorial template in the Project Life app. Boom, done. So inspiration felt, action taken, page made. That's, Do you know what the, I love like, the that's most it. about that? Yeah. Is you're going to sit down later today to curate your thoughts. Yeah. And you're going to feel all those feelings all over exactly. again. Exactly. And then every time you read it, you're going to feel that magic again. Yep. Oh, Ugh, lovely. Documenting. Serious. So fun. Okay. Next question. What would I document if I don't have any children or don't have any children yet? Okay. One of the biggest misconceptions about documenting is that you have to be married and have a family and a white picket fence and... Or that it's about anyone else ever. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And I don't know how to emphasize it more that documenting blesses you more than it blesses anyone else. You, the person, you, the human being, Yes. you as you are, no matter what your family circumstance even looks like. So what would you document? You would document your life. I'm sorry. I didn't know your that thoughts, kids were a pre-qualifier right? for being an existing human being, right? You know it would be an interesting page? What? Why I don't feel qualified to document because I don't have children okay. or the insecurities surrounding that. Sure. And that's very deep, Beck, because that's you, right? That's true to you. Oh, you, would you go know I would document seven the layers heck out of that. Deep. Right. So that's not where most people are going to want to go straight away. What they're asking is like, what is it around me that I'm even documenting if I'm not showing pictures of my my baby who's learning to walk or my 
toddler who's trying yes. a new food or my seventh grader who is on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. The answer is look at your life, look around, look at the things that you hold as valuable. Look at the hobbies that you have. Look at the job that you go to work and enjoy mm-hmm. each day or don't enjoy. Look at the friends that you spend time with. Look at the little things around your house. Movies that bring you watch, you joy. inspiration yes. you feel. Yeah. Like literally anything that is a piece of who you are. And if you're not sure and you're really like, I just don't even feel like I have anything interesting going on, uh, spend five minutes with a loved one and say, what do you think is kind of interesting about my life? Oh, just don't you worry because <laughs> they're going to they tell you all the things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. You do not need a marriage and a family to document. You guys, the- your life is worth documenting. And let That's me right. tell you my most, oh, this feels wrong to say, but I'm going to say it. Okay. My most favorite documenting, my most favorite project life book mm-hmm. is a book that I compiled of just my thoughts, mm-hmm. my writing, right? my inspiration. And I created this book using the app. Of course, I maxed out. So it's 200 pages mm-hmm. of just my words, of pieces of my soul. That's right. Things I've learned. And I called the book, This Is Me. Perfect. Volume one. Because you better believe there's going to be. Oh, heck yeah. That book, when it came, I was like, my like it took my breath away. Because I just thought, oh my gosh, there's so much of me. Mm-hmm. Of the inside workings of my head and my experiences and the mess and all of it. Like it's so precious. And by the way, I'm like getting even choked up thinking about it. Like I love it so much. And why? Because that is where we can go seven layers deep. It is so much more profoundly meaningful to us as the documenter Mm -hmm. than we can ever give it credit until you actually do it. And then you feel all the feels that Becky's describing. And it doesn't just happen when you receive the book or when you receive the printed pages, if you do it that way. It happens as you do it. That's where the magic is. There's magic on both ends. Oh, there's magic in all the places. And you will feel it when you create page after page. And don't get overwhelmed by the idea of what Becky said with 200 pages. We're not saying you need to make it 200 pages or that you need to I'm just saying I have a lot of thoughts. Right. Well, and she (laughs) does. She has all the thoughts and she has all the words and you don't have to be super worthy. You don't have to feel like a prolific writer. And we teach all about this in the mini course called My Modern Story, also found at um, classroom.com. Oh, and Becky, could you remind me the price tag on that course? Oh, sure. You betcha. Dollar sign 0.00. F-R-E-E. Free. Yes. I made that free. Do you know why I made it free? Because you feel so strongly you want to bless the world? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you wanted zero barriers. That's no, I it, wanted, right? I wanted zero barriers. I don't want anyone having any excuse. I want this available to every single soul who desires to do what you just described. I want people to understand that writing these little pieces and these parts of your heart will bring you great sense of self and great peace of mind. Mm. And it's a feeling you can't match unless you do the work. And it is so much easier than you would think. Again, my modern story. Okay. That's what it's called. Classroom.beckyhiggins.com. Free. Okay. Next question. Okay. Um, you're going to have to also interpret what she's actually asking. Cause I'm not sure I understand this question. Okay. She says, I am really struggling to figure out what voice to use in my journaling. What do you recommend? I know exactly what she's asking well, and good, I'm not I going don't. seven so, layers deep and I get the question all the time. Okay. Short answer, first person. She's asking, oh. am I speaking kind of on behalf me of, of my, the author yes. or, okay, got it. Correct. Because a lot of people who do family journaling, family mm. documenting are like, should I kind of share this from my husband's point of view or from my child's? 
And, and I always say, do what works for you forever and always. I'll always say that. Yeah. But really, because you're asking me, I, my advice is first person. Why? Because you're literally the author. Right. You are literally the one creating the book. You're making the pages. You're preserving the photos. You are the author. And to be honest, Use your you really voice. can't speak from someone else's point you of view. You can. You can. You actually can do that. It's just not... It's not what I would recommend. Okay. You can do anything you want. So yes, you yes. can actually put the words in someone else's mouth. People do it all the time. Second person, third mm-hmm. person. Like there's a reason why these different language right. aspects of language are used. There's not a wrong way to do it. I just strongly feel can that I if you're the you one like writing it. a little bit of a tiny dig deep question? Okay. Do you think it's more impactful to be writing from first person as opposed to trying to like articulate someone else's thoughts. Oh, always, always. Okay. And I think where people really are coming from when they ask the question is when they're documenting on behalf of a child who's not yet of the age to even articulate what they're saying. Mm, Okay. So this is kind of, you know, I think of it as more cutesy. Like I learned how to walk today. I'm a big boy now. You see what I'm saying? I don't ever want to see that on a page that I create about my child because I want them to know how I felt when I watched them. So can you put that into a first person verbiage just to give an example? I watched you take your first steps today and I can't even tell you what this means to me because now I get to see how you are taking steps. You're falling down. You're getting back up. And I hope that for the rest of your life, you learn how that every time you fall, you get back up. Love it. Ugh. Even saying, you're such a big boy now. Oh, watching you grow. That's beautiful, Beck. Yeah, first person. Love it. Okay, next question, and I super duper duper love this one. Okay. Um, They say, how do you document events where there are people that are no longer a part of your life? I kind of feel like you might want to take a stab at this one. I'm obsessed. You guys, I love this. Yeah, no, it's a great question. What would you say? It is an awesome question, because I think sometimes we get that little bit of imposter syndrome, like what right do I have to tell someone else's story, particularly Mm -hmm. if they're no longer living? Mm -hmm. I think the question to ask yourself is, are we really willing to have these stories be lost forever? Mm -hmm. Because that's what will happen if if these legacies aren't told. And of course, we don't want these stories to be gone forever. That's why it's in your heart in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think particularly women, we have a tendency to take ourselves out of narrative or we kind of um, minimize our role inside of a narrative. And we see that happen all the time with like physical photographs, right? Like you go to document and you're like, oh crap, I have all these great pictures of everyone else and whoopsie, <laughs> forgot to put myself in the picture. And oh, I know that, that Becky talks time. about that all the time mm-hmm. is making sure that you're in the picture. And so particularly if you're documenting a legacy story that's hard or something that you're not sure how to articulate, what I would say to do and how I do it is I talk about events like events and how they affected me or how someone's impact in affected me mm-hmm. and what I did with that. Yep. And when I think about my legacy, like my children, if they were going to write something about me, I wouldn't care as much about the nuts and bolts. And I would care more about the impact I had on them. Yes. And so I feel like honoring that legacy is honoring the impact. And that is 1000% your story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so just giving yourself the permission to have ownership over those stories and realizing the alternative is they die forever and nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would add to it. I don't know the person asking the question. I don't know where they're coming from, but this could definitely apply to what you've already alluded to with someone who is no longer here because they've died. And it can also allude to, I was once married and now I'm divorced. Mm, Good point. I was once in a relationship with this person or this person was involved in our life in this way and now is no longer. And maybe it's for really, really horrible reasons. Mm. So everything that you said, yes. And amen. And also 
Um, I think what you said is super applicable to even those situations. And I would add, you always want to do what's right for you. And that feels like the right thing. And what might be the right thing is that you don't preserve the story Hmm. because for some reason, if, if it is that detrimental and even writing about it brings such intense pain and you can't now, I would say that's an extreme example. Because I would say even most divorces, for example, that person was a part of your life. That person is a part of your story. So to not have anything at all documented about that feels to me off. It feels like that's sweet. It's just not a complete story, really. And so it's not like you have to, you know, make all these pages about this life that you once experienced together or that you have to honor air quotes, the person who, you know, maybe it's outside of marriage, maybe it's a a friend or coworker or something where it was such a painful departure, but hello, they were still a part of your story. And so going back full circle to what you brought up earlier, what you want to document is what you took away from that experience. You don't have to get into the nuts and bolts, the details. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell the story of like, this is what happened. This is how it went down. Yeah, no, Here's you don't have details. to. Because yeah. that, that actually can be really hurtful, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I have done lots of documenting about, um, in fact, there's, there's, one, there's one person in particular from many years ago who was a part of our story, is no longer, and it was painful. But when I look back and I see the representation of that person in a few pictures here or there, I'm like, yeah, yep, that is... It's okay. We moved on and we're no longer in each other's lives. And I'm grateful for the things that we learned from our association with one another. Well, and I think too, when you look at those hard situations that we all go through, there's circumstances beyond our control. What I would hope people would remember about me inside of those situations is what I did with it. Mm -hmm. Like what it felt like, what I did with it and how I moved forward. Exactly. And so those are all awesome stories to tell. And by the way, there's no wrong way to do any of this. So. Do what feels right right and do something and adjust if you need to. Amen. Okay. Here's a journaling question. Okay. This is a really good one. How do you sincerely journal after the fact? I struggle to keep up with journaling. And when I try to go back and retell the story, it lacks emotion. Okay. So this is, okay. Let me try to break it down with an example. Um, Let's say the band story. Let's Mm -hmm. go to the band story. Okay. If I were just being pragmatic about it and I had the picture of me in the marching band and I knew I wanted to document it, if I were, if I were just trying to remember the details of, you know, everything that was happening around my life in the marching band, I would fail, right? I would just be like, I don't even remember. Or might you, you even might even feel like you need to make up some facts to kind of fill in the gaps. No, and no. Yeah. What I want to do is be the person I am now simply reflecting back. Mm -hmm. So when I see this picture of me in the band, I can smell the smells, I can feel the feels, I can hear the things. And I'm so grateful for that experience. And I remember one time that Jen and I were on the sideline and something happened where, you know, and I can go into story mode of anything I remember, whether it's related to the who, what, when, where, and why, you know, it doesn't have to be the facts. It doesn't have to be all the details. So if you're desiring to, as you say, uh, the person said, when I try to go back, it lacks emotion. If you want emotion, go to the feelings. When you look at the picture, forget about the facts. What do you feel when you look at it? What are the memories that come back to you? Not about the details, but about Mm. the feelings. Right. And that's how you can extract the emotion in your written 
um, documentation about it. Oh, and can I also just say kudos to you for writing something that you perceive even lacks emotion because something you perceive lacks emotion is still leaps and bounds better than nothing at all. And also documenting doesn't equal emotional writing. It does not have to be seven layers deep for the love of all that is good in documenting. Please don't think that documenting has to be always so deep, and profound, and profound, yeah. and yeah. Going back to our favorite Jody Moore, just give yourself permission to be a B minus documenter, and you're right. going to find your rhythm. That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Next question: What types of topics do you recommend for empty nesters to continue documenting? Now it's almost like Becky's created a resource for this. Almost. Almost. Kind of. Which one are you talking about? Uh, my modern story. My modern story. My yes. modern story all day long. It is for every single person because it focuses on you as the individual yep. and less on you as the mother, you as the wife, you as the coworker. It's you. It's you, the person. Yeah. That's right. And the other way I would answer that is similar to how I answered the question about someone who said, well, what do I document if I don't have a, you know, a spouse and children? Same thing. You're, you're a human being that exists and you have a life outside of just the people in your life. So look around. Do you know what I would love? What? As I'm thinking, I'm assuming this person is in an empty nester situation. Yeah. I would love some kind of written something from my grandma or my mom or whatever about what it actually feels like to be an empty nester. Mm. Because when I come into that time in my life, which honestly feels a little bit scary, like a little bit unknown, scary to me. Mm -hmm. I would love to have feel connection to like the women that have gone through it before me and kind of validate what it feels like and, and get, you know, just kind of be able to have that shared experience. I love it. I I think that that that. actually, that's a brilliant idea for any stage of life, Mm -hmm. not just empty nesting, but take it through some of those big transitions in your life. Postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I remember writing about that and thinking, I don't want my child to think it was their fault, but I also don't want her having postpartum depression and thinking there's something wrong with her Mm -hmm. because she's feeling a certain way that is different than what she perceived everyone around her feeling. And so I think that could be a really impactful story. And we say it all the time and it can be said in lots of different ways, but your story and your written story can one day be someone else's survival guide. So Mm. keep in mind that while you are the one benefiting the most, you just can never, ever, ever understand the impact, the profound impact that you can have on someone else's life who is going to see your stories. It's almost like we're placed in each other's lives for a reason. Always. Almost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. We have three children. Do I start a book for each of them or just start with the last year? So I kind of, this is where I do want to sit on the couch with the person. Right. Yeah. (laughs) This is where, this is where I think things go awry in the space of documenting is sometimes people who are very well-meaning will throw around advice like, oh, well, I'll just answer it and tell you that you should have, you know, you should do it this way. And I just wouldn't want to answer the question unless I knew the person, because what I would do is I would ask this person, let's just back it up a little bit. Let's just like reel it back. Cause this is less about the albums and the projects that you want to do. This is actually more about like, what do you want and all things documenting. I want you to go, first of all, this is how I would answer to the person go through my documenting 101 course, Mm -hmm. because when you go through the series of seeing a lot of inspiration and being asked a lot of questions, you're going to be able to figure out something for yourself that may surprise you. And my friend, it may surprise you that maybe what you're not actually wanting to do right now is your kids books. Mm -hmm. That may not even be the thing that you're wanting to do right now. That might come like in six months or a year and five years, but you don't have to do that right now just because you have kids under your roof. 
Right. And so that would was be a, accurate to say, like finding your why, is that kind of what you're well, talking finding about? Finding your why is part of it. And then in the space of documenting, there are some, some really good questions to ask yourself, which I do in that mini course, which help you to understand a little bit more deeply about, um, the, not so much the why, but the, what's my right now? Mm. Like right now I'm feeling inclined to do some specific kind of documenting and like zeroing in on that Got feeling. It. Cause it's for a reason. Mm, and I it's like not, that. And it's not me telling you what the So thing really is. letting your inspiration guide yes. your action. That's Ooh, right. I like that a lot. Now going back to answering the question that she's hoping that I would probably answer. Right. If you do have, if you, in this case, you have three kids, you want to start a book for each of them or just start with last year. I think that it's actually quite easy to just set up the, the possibility and the, um, the framework of knowing that each of your three kids can have their own book without overwhelming yourself again Mm -hmm. in and of itself, its own topic too much for right now. It will be its own mini course this year in the classroom, all things, kids albums, but the classroom this year, you guys, there's some good, if this episode is setting your soul on fire, you just buckle up because so so much goodness. So much goodness. So, um, yep. And you can just do that by simply creating a page in the app. Um, when you feel inspired, as you feel inspired, but really the most important thing I want to emphasize is that maybe it's not about doing your kids' books in this moment. Maybe mm. just like hold on to that thought. Love it. Okay, I like that. I like I like that thought of not having to eat the whole elephant today. That's right. Maybe, Please don't. Maybe just eat a bite. If you bite. if you ate the whole elephant today, you would throw up. You would throw so, up. Uh, you would just quit. And Nobody die. wants to document throw up. No. That would be terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, this is another great question. It says, I'd love an in-depth look into children's baby books or school books. Rapid fire style. It's coming. Okay. That's all. Great. It's coming. Oh, I know the answer to this next one. Ooh, I can't. Okay. okay. I've kept programs, awards, cards for each of my kids organized by year. What do I do with them? Heck, what do you do with them? Well, two things. Number one, you can scan. Yep. And throw away. Good job. Or if you're like me, who likes the touching of the little baby things. Yep. And below pages. Yes. For the win. Yep. Whether you pronounce it envelope or envelope. <laughs> I, envelope? I do envelope. I switch sometimes, but I think I say envelope most of the you time. You get what we mean. Because <laughs> there's there's certain things that I have totally taken pictures of, more yes. writing-based things, but mm-hmm. I, there's one thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I just have to tell what you because it? it's so cute. My oldest, Weston, who's 16, when he was in preschool, yeah. um, they made a skeleton out of Q-tips. Oh, yes, like of they, course. Okay? Uh-huh. Except one of his Q-tips he put in his ear to clean his ears because I'm kind of a Q-tip, well, I'm kind of a Q-tip Nazi, so I was always cleaning my kids' ears. Oh, my gosh. And so one of them has, like, a little dirty on it. But that makes that whole thing so much more meaningful to me. And it's not something I can stick in a laminator like I normally would for, you know, a piece that I really want to preserve. Right. Envelope pages is the only way to keep that puppy intact. That is right. But it just warms my heart, like, seeing the little... I love that. And those are the things... He's like, Q-tips. You we do? clean our ears with these. Does anyone else have a Q-tip skeleton piece of art with one that's stuck in the ear? Nope. Just Becky Prophet? Okay. Yeah. Go Weston. So cute so though, right? Oh, and that's the type baby. of thing that we do want to keep. You do want a few of those. Not all of them. No. But you do want but a few But that's one that stands like out. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you keep those in the envelope pages. And then you, like you said, Beck, you scan or you take pictures of all the other things. Because what do you do with those scans or pictures? You make pages in the exactly. app. Exactly. Right. 
right. Well, and those things at some point are probably going to disintegrate, and it's a way to kind of permanently um, catalog and preserve those. There's a lot of acid in a lot of the things that our kids bring home, and they will will fall apart eventually. I know for us, we had a bunch of it, um, kind of just memories and things I had compiled, Mm -hmm. and... We had a mouse in our garage, oh, and it ate through some of that oh, stuff. Geez. And so, yeah, yep. I do it on the front end. Take the pictures. Yep. Keep yep. those things But preserved. more about that inspiration is coming, you guys. Don't feel overwhelmed awesome. yet. Just hang on. Buckle up. I've got your back. Okay, next question. And this is another family yearbook question. Okay. Um, it says, weekly family yearbooks. Do I do a single or a double page spread per week? Well, you do what you want. I do one page per week instead of right. two pages per week. I, I just, I like to keep it simple. I think that the more sustainable your system can be, the more success you will have. For me, that yes. looks like one page a week. That's it. So I will say this too. Um, if you're doing the double page spread, um, if you're like me and like to document all the things, it might limit you or you may have to print out you know, a yearbook volume one, yearbook volume sure, two. So which I've do done the, that too. I've, I mm-hmm. had to do that for 2019 because we just had a lot of big events that needed yep. more than one page. Sure. So yeah, just know that like depending on if you want to keep it to one book or two, depending on what kind you like to print, mm-hmm. um, that you know, that may play into your decision. Yeah, totally I guess. up to you. My okay. main thing is just make sure that what you're doing is sustainable. So, you know, keep it at a level that you're like, okay, I know I can do this. This isn't so overly ambitious that I'm going to give up in March. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you start your family yearbook on January 1st? So you, again, do what you want. But for me, just to answer the question and be straightforward about it, for 2021, I started my yearbook for the new year on the Monday, December 28th. And through January 3rd, I did, I oh, did to kind of encompass that. Uh-huh. For, okay, so what I it. did is that my first week's page, which I'll have to show this on Instagram some, sometime, it has the week that brought in the new year. Got it. I have done it the other way. Yeah. I've done it where well, I, it probably depends on where it falls on the calendar well, too, and it right? It just doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think that's probably my more important message. It right? literally <laughs> doesn't matter, but I understand and appreciate that a lot of people do want to be told, like, just tell me what to do. Me the, <laughs> just tell awesome me what me. you do and I'll just do that. Right. And that's fine. And so I'm just answering your question and my week one for 2021 is monday december 28th through sunday january 3rd and then it goes on week by week from there awesome Mm -hmm. okay next section it says what should i do with all the videos on my phone so um i definitely encourage you to make some videos if you feel inclined to kind of clip some of them together and throw Mm -hmm. on a little music that's another mini course that i am working on to bring to the bh classroom but really like if they're not just living on your phone and you want to do something else with them what i've done over the years and i'm not ready to teach about it yet but it's pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. every time i do a big dump of photos and video onto my computer and put them in my backup system i use dropbox and so all the videos go in dropbox in a folder called family video I have it subdivided by years. And then within the year I have, here's all the videos. It's just Porter. Here's all the videos. It's just Claire. Here's videos of this family event. Here's videos of that family event or this Christmas. And I don't overthink it. I just like to get them subdivided. And the reason I do that is because at the um, top of my finger and at the tip of my fingertips, um, in the app, the Dropbox app on my phone, I can pull up pretty much any video from any time of across the years. And my family enjoys watching family videos all the time. Mm-hmm. We love it. And I literally am just like, oh, 2007, let's go. Mm-hmm. 2015, let's go. And we yeah. just kind of click around. So, but I wouldn't like, don't get obsessed over some of these details that will keep you from actual documenting. Yes. I think the actual documenting should always trump the organization mm-hmm. of, and, and I'm a girl who loves organization. 
but I know that that will paralyze me if I get sucked into like, oh, I can't actually move forward on this project until it's all organized right. in, on the back end. Nope. False. Not true. I will say the backup with your videos is so important. Mm-hmm. Let me be the cautionary tale. We had videos, and this was back in the days of like the video, the video camera, long before the smartphone was a thing. And we had a bunch of videos from a lot of the early childhood days of my children. And it was on um, an external hard drive. Mm-hmm. It was on a computer, and then our backup was external hard drive. And guess what happened? Oh, they yeah. both crashed and yep. we had paid a lot of money to get yep. it recovered, couldn't be recovered. And so those things are totally lost mm. forever. And so having kind of a digital backup source. Yeah. And external hard it. drives, my brother, Kevin, who's a tech genius will tell you, expect external hard drives to fail. You just have to expect yes. that they're going to fail. That can't be your backup of backups. You need so, to have a digital backup. Well, dig- you need to have it in the three right? different places. Right. And so if you do have a hard drive, then you also want to have it in the cloud or whatever. And I know a lot of people freak out about the cloud. I'm not one of them. I use the cloud. I use Dropbox. I really appreciate all the places to back up all the things just in case. Love it. Yeah. Okay. And this is another good kind of backup question. Um, They said, I found an old box of negatives last week. What what have you and others done with negatives? I'm so pleased to tell you that I'm not the expert on this. (laughs) And I love that the question was asked, but I want you to know, I don't know all the things about all the things, but Mm -hmm. what I would do if I were you is get those negatives scanned as soon as possible. Yes. Now, get them digitized. Correct. That's what get I would them digitized hundred percent. Like that's like kind of a no brainer where I'm not expert is which machine, which scanner. I don't actually. So know. I will They're, tell you yeah. the path of least resistance for this. And I, I am not endorsing this because I have not done it with my negatives, but I know people that have, Okay, What's um, that? you can drop them off at the Costco and they will scan and digitize all of it. Uh, yeah. So you haven't heard the news yet. Have you? Costco is shutting down all of their photo departments. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah, that was literally just announced the week that we're recording this. That literally just came out. Yeah, so so listen, here's the good news. Can you hear my heavy sigh? Yeah, I know, but that's because you realize so much on Costco. I wonder if Walgreens or CVS or the answer is Google it, guys. Yeah, that's what you're gonna do if you want to buy a machine, a scanner. Great, but the local library, your local photo printing, whatever. It doesn't have to be Costco. Certainly does not need to be. There's online services that offer this. You can find resources with a quick Google search. I promise you yeah. how to scan negatives or um, which scanner for scanning negatives. Mm-hmm. Like just just do your research on that. I'm not the expert, but I definitely a hundred percent want you to get those digitized before they deteriorate. And hopefully they wouldn't for a long time, but still get them digitized. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Where do you back up your pages? I know there are many different ways to do it, but I can't decide which way is best. Sure. So she's talking about app pages because you create them in the Project Life app. So I want to let you know that they are automatically being saved in the app. So that's great. But as with all technology, you always, you just, you never know, right? So even though they're automatically being saved there, you want to have them backed up um, in all the ways. Right. (laughs) And so two things. Number one, we do have a backup service available through the app. If you don't know where that is or how to find it, tap on the little question mark on the home screen of the app and my team will help you out. Um, But secondly, what I do as a part of my workflow is every time I complete a page, there's a little icon at the bottom corner of the, where I'm making the page. And when I tap on that and it says export, I will export it and save it to, in my case, I do the cloud and Dropbox. Mm -hmm. I just like to back up in all the places. It takes me 14 extra seconds. Right. It's totally worth it. It's what I do. And Dropbox is, yeah, like I said, that's kind of my backup of backups. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. 
These are some kind of formatting questions. Okay, sure. So the first one is lay flat or hardcover for family yearbook. 116 pages and the kids flip through all the time. Prior years were all 8 by 8 albums and page protectors, but I'm sitting on 2019 because I can't decide. Cool. Okay, this is the resource I'm going to point you to. In my saved highlights on Instagram, there is a highlight called photo books. Tap that, watch it, the end. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It will okay. literally show you and flip through with video the different types of photo books. It covers pricing. It covers page count. Literally mm-hmm. all the information you're looking for is in that highlight. Do you have a tutorial for how I get from the Project Life app to a finished book? I don't because you don't need one. Yay! <laughs> Here's how it, here, ready? Here's how it goes. Order. Click. Book. <laughs> book is shipped to your house. And we're not making light of it. We no, I really, know it's I very, really, very, very intuitive. It's just so easy. So yes. I'm actually, I pulled up the app right here in this moment and I'm looking at it and literally there's a, right there on the home screen, it says order. I tap on order and then it says photo book orders. I tap photo book orders and literally it just walks you through. Choose your book size mm-hmm. and type. Choose um, add the pages one at a time. You just can't go wrong. Yes. It literally holds your hand through the whole process. And so that's how you do it. That's your tutorial. Very much love it. (laughs) You will not have a problem. I assure you. I want to emphasize anytime you're doing anything with the project life app and you're like, wait, where is this feature? Wait, how do I do this thing? And you've spent a minute with it and you just can't figure it out for some reason. Mm -hmm. That is what our customer support is in place for. And it's right and there on... And we have the best customer support. Oh, yeah. And she's also very good looking and beautiful and kind. And cooks delicious food. <laughs> a little shout it's out lovely. to Wendy. So we have that support in place so that anytime you tap on the question mark and submit a question through the app, she's got your back. Mm-hmm. She'll help you directly and individually. And there you go. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. These are some, are you ready for some more questions? Uh, yeah. Let's We're going to really try to get rapid fire with some of these because okay. there's some overlap. Okay. Sure. As a former creative memories consultant, which I'm assuming is some kind of, was it like, it's a, it was a company back in the day that really was at the beginning of, we'll say it with air quotes, scrapbooking, right? right? So a very specific type of product line and a very mm-hmm. specific hinge-based album And there system. probably were several others, right? So um, They were the big one, yeah. for sure. So anyone, raise your hand right now. Who knows Creative Memories, right? Like a lot of our listeners I actually definitely. do. I just asked that question to clarify for okay. the listener who doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Because I would put in there Stampin' Up or some sure. of the other ones that I was totally probably not aware of. But sure. anyways, as a former Creative Memories consultant, how do I shift gears and simplify? That's a great question because you kind question. of start documenting in one way. And especially if you were really, mm-hmm. you know, part of that kind of business side of it, it would be really hard to kind mm-hmm. of shift gears. Yeah, it would be. And I appreciate the question as well. And I'll answer it with two words. Let go. Okay, so that's another part of it. No, you just said those before. Yeah, so. I did. That was an answer to another question. So I would add... What, did, what are these two words? Let go and embrace evolution. Mm. Like, please, please. And it's not because there was a right way and a wrong way to doing it, and this is better or that was better. It's none of that. It's if we're not willing to evolve, then we stop doing all of it. The goal is always the same. The goal is let's document. The goal is let's be the author of our own story. The goal is let's preserve the memories and tell the stories, right? Right. How I've done that over the past lifetime, not just 25 years, but since I was a kid, it is always changing. It is always evolving. And if I get stuck and this is the only way and here's the end all be all, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure that's going to serve me very well. And that's a question I would ask. Yeah. Hey, guess what? If the creative memories and, and it, 
do you need to shift gears? Like what's serving you now? Like you don't have to go with the trend of this or digital because that's what everyone else is doing. Like what serves you? Correct. And really I appreciate that in this case, she's talking about creative memories. Let's embrace and celebrate that creative memories was serving you and your needs for documenting in that season. And now what does it look like for you now? It doesn't have to look the same. And so the pragmatic part of the way I would answer that question is letting go. Like you said, Beck, let go of the product. If you still have lots of product that's just kind of sitting around, you know you're not going to use it. If you know you're going to use it, different answer, use it. <laughs> that's <Hey>. it. <laughs> yeah, go Simple. Ahead and use it. If you know you're not going to use it, pass it on. Right. Throw it out, donate, whatever. Like just just move on, embrace evolution. Let's do this. Kumbaya. We're so maybe, hands. maybe one of the most important things is give yourself permission yes. to switch gears if mm. you feel like you want to do that. Faux show. Faux show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. I am switching from physical to a digital album this year. What do I do with report cards and stuff? Ooh, lucky I answered it. Yay. Like four times. What yeah. is it, Beck? What do Envelope you do? Envelope pages. Envelope yes, pages. Yes, for the win. That was uncomfortable for you to say, huh? Envelope pl- pages. Envelope pages. How are did you? I say envelope? <laughs> no. Yeah, you did. See, maybe I'm an ambidextrous <laughs> envelope envelope gal. Um, yeah, you definitely just want to use the envelope pages uh, found in the shop. That's it. That's the answer. That's what you do with it. Okay, next question. I have a huge staff of stack of Project Life physical cards, but I love the app. Me too. How do I let them go? You let them go. That's how you do it. Can I give some very good <laughs> suggestions though? Because I literally still have so many Project Life app sure. cards. Yeah. Because for me, they were never just for pocket scrapbooking. Right. I have made, I have like put holes in them and made banners with them where I write letters on them. I use them for notes for my kids' lunches, for gift tags. Like I use these things for everything because mm-hmm. they're so beautiful. It's just a glorious little note card. Yeah, so they're wonderful. You know, think outside the box. Yes, think outside the box. Hang on to as many as you think would be good for the uses that you would want them correct to be around for. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you honest to goodness. Let it go. That's right. Sing it, sister. Let it go. <laughs> Don't let it hold you back anymore. <laughs> she sings even better than that, you guys. I, I promise. For real, we're gonna have we're singing the actual full song, all the verses. But in the meantime, the message that we're singing and saying, correct, is let it go again. Donate. Think about all the places around you in your own community mm-hmm. that would be so grateful. I have personally donated to many different types of organizations. If you know someone and people, what about if you know someone who's having a wedding or a baby shower and they want to do like a little write a note to the bride and groom? Like there you go. Oh, I have the greatest thing for you. Exactly. But let them go because I'm telling you, there's something subconscious that happens when we hang on to stuff. Okay, let me go there for just a moment. In your whole life, this is applicable, but we're only talking about documenting right now. The stuff, the supplies, the tools, the things, the gadgets, the the, information, the The glitters, the the whole punches, (laughs) all the things that you're hanging on to. Ephemera, is that what you just said? Yeah, ephemera. That you're, what? what? I've never heard that word. Yes, you have. I've never. Look it up right now. In fact, it was in a previous question and I wasn't sure how to say it, so I skirted around (laughs) it. So it's basically like memorabilia, right? Like all that stuff. If you're hanging on to those things and not using them, you know what they're doing? What? In your subconscious, they are weighing you down. You you actually weigh more. Like they're cluttering (laughs) your headspace. No, but it is. It's the headspace thing. It's like when you declutter and you free up that space and it's like 
the, the products and the supplies no longer exist in your physical space. And so now, therefore, it clears up your mental space. And hello, mm. now all of a sudden, you are a way better documenter. Think of all that room for inspiration. Right? Love it. But it's real. It is real. It's real. Okay. All right. How do I make the transition from traditional scrapbooking to doing this with the app? You just do I'm it. I'm seeing a theme emerge here. <laughs> yeah. So I know transition can be hard for some people, especially those who have the perfectionist tendencies, because what they're thinking is, okay, but wait, hold on. So I have this shelf and it has all these 12 by 12 albums with the spine labels mm-hmm. and they all look the same. And yet I really want to just document in the palm of my hand, but wait, that doesn't work anymore because now it's the, okay, back it up. It doesn't matter. So I know you like to have everything all the same. I know that it's nice to have that consistency, but really what matters is that the documenting happens. Mm. And so whether you have a smorgasbord of different albums or photo book types and sizes and colors and whatever, like that doesn't actually matter. Now I want to honor the personality type that is perfectionist that truly values the same, same, same. Mm -hmm. And so that transition will look like mine. My transition, if you look at down in my basement, we have the wall of memories. Becky and And Taylor helped to build it. Let me tell you, I was actually going to bring that up. Let me tell you that I personally unpacked and put on shelves Rebecca's documenting (laughs) collection. And there, but there's not even just like, oh, 12 by 12 binders and, and digital books and physical books. I mean, there's even like methods she used way in the beginning. Yeah. And they all look great. Right. And they're they, all and lovely. It's, it's, it's stories told. It's pictures preserved. It doesn't matter the format in which they show up. Mm-hmm. They're there. They exist. And so it's almost like that mind over matter. You almost have to just kind of get over it and allow yourself to evolve so that you're still documenting in a way that makes sense for you and let go of how it appears on a bookshelf. Well, not to mention you can totally digitally scrapbook print out pages, Mm -hmm. put them in a binder and it will look the same. Correct. So there's that. There's all the solutions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. I think we're near the end. We are. Okay. Okay. You, Rebecca Higgins, have alluded to a new 2021 app kit coming out. Mm. When is this happening, please? Oh, I get that question pretty, pretty much a lot. I'm glad it made the cut. So yes, I have. We took a little break from producing new collections for all the right reasons that I want to For the decluttering reasons, honestly, well, yeah, right? Like that too. creating space for inspiration. There you go. And actually- For all the people. And actually, the way that we've been inspired to move forward with this is something I'm actually not going to talk about on the microphone because mm-hmm. I don't know when it's coming out and you'll see it when it comes. But the answer is yes and soon. And what she's asking about a new 2021 app kit what she's talking about are like the week cards where it yes. actually shows yep. week one week two for the family yearbook approach the or the project. personal yearbook 52, approach yeah uh-huh. yep so it's happening very very soon and if Don't you are you like well, wait i can't do my yearbook until i no that's actually can not i true offer at all. a suggestion yeah leave a blank spot <gasps> wait what leave a blank spot <laughs> in your template or use a placeholder card. If you really feel like you need to see a card that says week one, great. We have lots of collections that are called project 52 and you can choose any of those week cards. And it would take four seconds to swap it out. That's correct. You swap it out. When the the goodness arrives. That is the great thing about the app. You can switch things out. You can rearrange, you can delete, you can add. It's just malleable all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next question. This is a good one. And this is one thing Rebecca has personally converted me to. Oh, what is your favorite pen to document with? I'm a pen person. Okay. So my converting you 
traces back to Molly converting me. I mean, like, this is what friends do, right? Friends right. share all the good friends things. Friends don't <laughs> let friends use crappy pens. That's right. So I, uh, the only time I use a pen in my documenting uh, an actual physical pen is when I'm writing in my notebooks. And the pen that I use is called T-U-L, Tool. And so that's the brand. You can get it at any office supply or Amazon. I like the extra fine tip, and that's the short answer. Um, I do all of my documenting through the typing of words. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for a long season in our um, in our story of this documenting industry, there was a huge emphasis, and I was part of it, like, please make sure that your handwriting shows up. And I'm still an advocate and I'm a believer in that. Um, but what I believe even more is that you actually document. So if you know that handwriting is going to hold you back for any reason, then don't handwrite it. Like just actually type the words or say the words, use Siri. And also here's some really good news is that if you want to type everything, but you wish it were in your handwriting, did you know that we offer that service? I did. And it's actually been on my list forever. Oh, I think do I've it. even you I think I do even, it right now before everybody else floods the inbox with Yeah, their I'm gonna request. do it right now. But yeah, I've actually filled out the stuff to do it and just not sent it in. Good. How cool oh, that no. you get to have both pieces of that and have the the beauty of the handwriting. It's really so, cool. Do you I've know done which it one I use family. for my handwriting what? in books past? No. Your handwriting. Oh yeah. Because I mean it's it's in the <laughs> yeah. app. It's in the app, so I use Higgins handwriting. I love it. And that As will you be should. that will warm my heart until my own handwriting gets That's here. right. That's right. And you should get it done. So where you do this is you go to digitalprojectlife.com and you tap on the fonts section and it's right there. And it literally is it's so inexpensive and it's all you're doing and you'll receive the instructions is you're writing out all the letters and all the sample words, and then you submit it, and my team literally digitizes it. They are so good at what they do. And then you receive the font, which then you can use anywhere, including inside the Project Life app. Booyah. Bam. So good. Boom shock. That, I'm going to mm. do that before the end of day today. You better. Because I don't want to get pushed down to the bottom of the stash no, of people that are get coming. right now. So how do you label your completed pages so that – when you go to order them in the app, you don't have to scroll through 12,000 pages to find the one you want. Like, do you have a system or a suggestion for keeping your different projects organized for ordering? I am so glad that she asked this question. So glad. Because I'm going to tell you how it's done, but you this will only make sense to you if your app is open. It's really more of a visual thing. So what you're going to want to do is go to my saved highlight called Yearbook, and I demonstrate this in that saved highlight. But basically when the pages open and you tap on that little icon in the corner, it says update page info. That's it. That's what you need to know. That is where you actually name your page. So for my family yearbook pages, they're always named for this year. It says 2021 week 01. The Mm. next one is 2021 week zero two mm-hmm. and so forth until I get 52, 53, you know, mm-hmm. weeks. And so that's really important so that you, just like she said, you're not sifting through tons of pages when it comes time to ordering the book, right? The other question she had about organizing is we have a folder system built into the app. Again, tapping on that same little icon when you're looking at the page, you tap it and it says, where do you want to put this or add to folder or something like that? You add it to the folder where you want to keep it. So all of your projects Brilliant. stay organized. Organized. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. All right. This is the last question. Okay. Are you ready? Always. Okay. How do I justify the square footage required to store and display my scrapbooks? Well. Is it really that much square footage? Well, that's a, right. And that's a good question. And Becky, 
my collection's pretty robust. Yeah. Not going to lie. It was, it was, it's you know, 170 books. Right? It's a lot of books, mm-hmm. but when we were unpacking them and, and the shelf Becky uses, like really it's 12 inches of space within the room and yeah, Correct. you're using wall space, but what better thing right. to put on your thing? walls yeah, I'm gonna... than your life documented? So first of all, because Becky mentioned the shelf, that the shelving, yes. Um, I, first of all, it's called Calax, I think. Yes. K-A-L-L-A-X. It's so common. Like everyone probably has this in their home already from Ikea. That's the shelving unit that I use. And I have several of them to store all the scrapbooks and the albums and the photo books and the memories and all of that. And it is worth the 12 inches of space that it comes into my room. I understand what she's asking. She's probably a long timer like me, someone who's been doing this a long time, lots and lots of scrapbooks. That, my friend, is why I so value documenting in the Project Life app because pretty much most of what I do in the app that I print through the app is printed in the form of photo books. Mm -hmm. There are still several projects that warrant the album with the envelope pages and things like that, but really at the end of it, it is worth the real estate, if that's what we're calling it, to me because it doesn't invade my home. It takes one wall. and It actually does not like... The amount of boxes we were unpacking was, I mean, it was literally her entire car filled with memories. Like I've never seen anything filled in my life. Mm -hmm. But when you, it it is in no way like invasive, invasive in your house at all. In fact, it looks quite lovely. Yeah. It's really Um, like really happy and fun. It's lovely. You know what I'll do back is as we round this out, I will be sure to snap a picture of my wall of memories and post it on my Instagram. I love that. So that people can see how glorious it is that all of these different types of books and types of albums can all live happily ever after and play in the same sandbox together and that they don't all have to look exactly the same across the board. It's just such a happy thing. It feels like there's an object lesson there. Always. <laughs> okay, so those are the questions yeah. that the community had. I don't know about you guys, but I am so excited for Documenting 101 to come out. What a great thing to purchase to have as kind of our foundation scaffolding to figure out what kind of storytelling is going to work for you in your life. And that's just the key right there. It's very personal. And that's why, as always, friends, we're going to thank you at this time for carving out the time to listen to this episode, for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a a good life and documenting. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Nevada or Nevada? Nevada. Avocado or avocado? Avocado. Colorado, Colorado. Colorado. Okay, so anyway. Okay. <laughs> I digress. So I, I sometimes switch it up too.